Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm your host, and I'm here with our executive producer, co-host extraordinaire, Mark Griffith. We want to thank you guys for stopping in and spending some time with us, and we hope to add some value to your day here and uh, let you all know how you can get plugged in with us. You can go to thehousinghour.com and find all of our past shows, our current shows, um, and also you can find all of our series that we've completed over the past four years. And you can share those with friends and family. You can share them on your social social networking platforms. Um, we're also on Twitter. Twitter is our um, twitter.com slash thehousinghour. You can find us there. Um, you can also follow Mark on Pinterest as well. They come to me for tips. <laughs> That's right. So today we are continuing on um, our Protect Your Family series. Honestly, it's Protect Your Kids as well. Um, protect Your Life. Protect Your Life also, absolutely. And uh, the gentleman that we have on the phone is Sean Bear. Sean Bear is with uh, Bear uh, Analytics. First, let me just welcome Sean into our studios here. Um, Sean, thank you for calling in. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Absolutely. And Sean created a, a, a software, a product, a, a site that is really unique. It's very, very unique. And it's something that's there's no cost to it, Sean just told me off air. And that is amazing because any tool that I can have to arm myself to protect my family that is free, that is a no-brainer. But, Mark, since you use the product, yes. since you know about it, why don't you set up what this, did, what this yeah, is? Yeah, so basically if you go to raidsonline.com, this is a software that is endorsed by the Knox County Sheriff's Department and just about – maybe a thousand other uh, departments across the country and maybe the world. I don't know, Sean, you could probably tell us a little bit about that, but this is a, yep, we're in Canada. Oh, okay. In Canada. So this is a brilliant product that you can go on there and you can do a, analyze the uh, crime activity in your neighborhood and it drills down to specific crimes. It's just a perfect tool to use if you're a part of the uh, home protection or well what do you call it neighborhood, neighborhood watch pro- neighborhood watch program yeah. we don't really as call the it ceo that. you need yeah. to know those terms well i we don't really call it neighborhood watch <laughs> yeah. i have a text alert system mm-hmm. and so i've got everybody kind of plugged in text wise mm-hmm. well that that is a good kind of analysis of your use of it i think it's probably you know important that we all have access to information regarding people that are being arrested in our neighborhood. But Sean, let me give you an opportunity. Could you just give us that 30,000 foot overview of what, what this does? Sure. Happy to. So um, I'm a former police officer and a former crime analyst. And one of the things that I used to have to do as an officer and actually as an analyst as well is to prepare reports for those block watch or neighborhood watch groups to uh, prepare the officer to go before them to say, hey, look, here's what's happening in your community. Here are the types of crimes that are, are happening. Here's how they're, they're committing burglaries. Here's the things that are on the rise, and here's things you shouldn't be worried about. And it took, a, it took quite a while for us to gather all those uh, sort of reports and stuff, statistics, to go before a, a group. And so sort of fast forward, having done all that, um, I started this company called Bear Analytics, and we provide law enforcement solutions uh, and also to defense uh, as well. And one of the products that we provide at no cost actually to the public, but not only the public, but to law enforcement, 
is Raids Online. And that's the only free product we offer. Of course, we offer, you know, we have to turn the lights on, too, or keep the lights on. So we have paid software. But the, the free software that we offer is Raids, and the police department doesn't pay us a single dime to use it. And what they do is they submit to us the crimes they wish to submit. We take those crimes and we put them on the map, and it allows citizens and neighborhood watch groups and the like to see where crime is happening in the community. But beyond just seeing a dot on the map, which is kind of basic from our perspective, what it also allows them to do is see charts and graphs to get a sense of the times of day, the days of week that events are happening, the, the trends in certain types of crimes. But then also the, the citizen can perform their own hotspot analysis. Mm-hmm. So if they want to look at where all the burglaries are occurring in their, their, uh, in their city, let's say, they can put all the burglaries on the map, select the date range they want, push a button, and a hotspot will appear to truly show them where the concentration of crime is happening. So it's a very useful tool. Of course, there's an, an iPhone app and an Android app for it. Uh, mm-hmm. And not only do uh, citizens like yourself use it to stay informed, but uh, you know the law enforcement agencies find themselves getting benefit from it too. So sure. those that can't afford a really sort of robust crime mapping tool like we, we also sell, we have a lot of departments that are just using that as their analytical solution because it's so robust and powerful. That, but then also yeah. it, en- it also engages the community. So not only is it the department kind of sharing data with the public and the public, you know, sort of passively, uh, you know, looking at that data, but what's better is the fact that if you see something, you can in fact submit a tip to the department to say, hey, look, I might have uh, seen a van in front of this house or here I, I thought I saw somebody doing X, Y, and Z over here. And those anonymous tips will go to the department and they can act on it. So it's, it's a way to facilitate communication and, and interaction between the citizens and, and the police. And if it wasn't for citizens, honestly, and people like Mark, because Mark has had a couple issues in his neighborhood. I mean, it's a great neighborhood, but of course, every neighborhood has its little issues. And, you know, the, the tip line, I think that's a, a brilliant idea. And I can see officers using the app and they're on a call and maybe it's just a little more user friendly and they can, you know, dial into a neighborhood and say, oh, we've had, you know, two armed robberies in this area over the last four months. We need to, you know, be conscious of that. You know, that's a really good. Yeah. And one of the things uh, that I, I wanted to ask, Sean, is uh, that since this is open to everybody, and I've used the density uh, piece that you talked about as showing the hot spots that are in the area, and certainly, depending on the type of crime, my neighborhood sometimes is in the hot spot, depending on the date range. Uh, the question I have is, what about the bad guy? Uh, they could use some of this information. Do you ever hear reports of the bad guy using the information for their purpose? No, but I've heard that as a concern, and i got to tell you, as a, as a former cop, that's just not going to happen. Um, they'll see where crime is happening, but they won't get a sense of any sort of exact location. So, for example, right. they wouldn't know exactly where a home got burglared because we sanitize the data. It's offset, too, so it never will show up right on top of somebody's house. And if it does, it's just been randomly offset to that location anyways. Gotcha. And, and so there's no property information. There's no victim information. It, it's the information that the public would need to, to stay safe and to keep informed but not have so much information that now they, they would you know, be able to act on something possible they shouldn't. Oh, and I think that transparency is so important. I mean, you know, Tennessee, let's just face it, we're probably in one of the safer communities, even though we have crime. You know, Nashville is way up in crime. It's probably worse than most cities in the southeast, quite frankly. But yeah. if, I'm a, if I'm a father or, you know, if I'm a parent, 
you know, transparency is important. You know, some people might take knowing too much information, you know, it's going to cause them anxiety. It's going to cause them fear. Well, don't look at the information then, you know, if it's not important to you. But for me, I just think that it's very important because, you know, you, you need to have a burglar system. You need to have, if you feel unsafe, there's other steps you can take like you've done, which is to basically have Fort Knox. It, yeah, I do on purpose. But uh, Sean, one of the things that I've noticed in the in the product, it's not just your heavy crime that this thing analyzes. Um, you can have uh, vandalism issues in your neighborhood by just teenagers going around and, mm-hmm. and doing stuff. This thing reports. If you call it into the police, then they got a little icon that they can program it to where you can see where this vandalism kind of speaks to some of the other really non-serious type of uh, crime that your system picks up. Yeah, that's a very good point. And in fact, when uh, I used to do citizen surveys back in the day as a crime analyst, um, interestingly, the types of things that we thought the public was most interested in uh, was not what we thought we we were were doing. So we would focus on robberies and burglaries and sexual assaults, and those are the things that we thought not only do we have – uh, an interest in, in you know, resolving, but that the public would too. But when we would survey the public, interestingly, they always told us that uh, the top three were vandalism, speeding, you know, sort of a non-criminal acts. So it does behoove an agency to share that information uh, in Raids Online um, for the public so they can see where those sort of nonviolent events or even non-criminal events are happening. And so an agency has the, the ability to share those data. So you could go and see where all the traffic accidents are to know which intersection has uh, the biggest problem with accidents to, again, you know, be informed and stay safe. You could also know where there are a lot of alcohol violations or, or drug uh, activity happening to, to as you you know, going to a new city, when I travel as much as I do, I will look at raids to see, should I be jogging in this area? Should I not be jogging Great in this point. area? Is this a safe place to be? Should I be so, packing yeah, in this area? Should I not be packing in this area? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> you know. Well, and that, another yeah. thing that I just noticed when I was looking at it, because I'm on there live right now, is that let's say there is a burglary or maybe there's vandalism or maybe it's somebody, you know, just getting into cars trying to get change or whatever it is. Um, if someone is monitoring this and they saw somebody do it and they have a, they have the guy's, you know, kind of description, you can submit an, an anonymous tip. And now does yeah. that go directly to the police department or does that go through you or how does that work? It routes through us directly to in a in a millisecond, and then directly to whomever they designate at their at the local PD. So they would then get that information probably in some sort of form format of some kind, and then yeah. use that to, towards their investigation. I mean that's huge. And Sean, uh, tell me a little bit about the non-criminal uh, piece that is in there, and why is the non-criminal potentially important to me? Well, it just gives you a, a more complete picture of truly what's going on. Um, there could be, uh, you know, again, the, the vandalisms, which are criminal events, but they aren't high as a priority on um, the sort of the law enforcement scale. Again, law enforcement officers would typically want to focus on things that have a real dramatic impact on the public, like burglaries, like robberies, like sexual assaults or, or murders, things of that nature. But, but every crime needs to be dealt with. And so you might find those, those sort of lower-level crimes, the vandalisms, the trespassings, uh, the yeah, graffiti. suspicious, suspicious that, persons, that it, I noticed, show up on that. Yeah, well, exactly. And you might find that there is, in fact, an increase in those recently. So we need to get ahead of it there a little bit. So 
oftentimes things like criminal trespass will be a precursor to burglary. Right. So law enforcement will want to see, do we have a rise on, on, on those types of activities in this area? Thus, let's, let's get out there and be proactive so that we don't have a potential problem down the road. Exactly. And also, I would assume that these analytics or these occurrences could also you know, even lead to other charges. Let's say somebody has larceny in one area and then you see the same pattern, you know, in another neighborhood, then this could be the same individual or the same clique or the same crew or whatever they call themselves. And so that could be very important to law enforcement as they're trying to develop a plan to try to stop these criminals. They can see kind of a pattern, whether that be the time of day or whether that be, you know, the type of home that they're robbing, or maybe that's the type of things that are stolen, I'm sure that law yeah. enforcement, those analytics are very, very important to them. Well, precisely, and not only just in the neighborhood, uh, go ahead and extrapolate that even further. So, for example, in Arizona, where we have most of the valley covered, um, and in my old department, the Tempe Police Department, it was smack dab right next to uh, Phoenix and Scottsdale and Mesa and Chandler and Gilbert. We were right, we were an island amongst all those cities that surrounded us, mm-hmm. and there was rarely a time that there was a crime series or a pattern that happened in Tempe that didn't also uh, sort of permeate into the surrounding jurisdictions. Yeah. So that's the whole point of RAIDS, regional yeah. analysis and information data sharing. Oh, and I so see. It's to, yeah, there you go. So well, it's to engage great. all of these communities because we know, as former cops and crime analysts, that most bad guys, they don't know where the city boundaries begin and end. And they're going to go where the victims are. Yeah. And well, keep that off, thought. Honestly. Hang on to that thought because we got a break okay. coming right up. And we're going to continue just in a moment with uh, the gentleman who created this amazing website, RaidsOnline.com. Um, stick with us. We'll be right back after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back to The Housing Hour. We're here talking with Sean Bear, the owner, founder, developer, whatever, uh, of Bear Analytics. And uh, do I understand that Bear Analytics recently was, I guess, purchased or you guys merged with another company? How's that working? Yeah, it's working really good. We got acquired by a company called LexisNexis. They're mm. a multi-billion dollar company, and, and so there are going to be some very exciting and, and big things forthcoming. That's fantastic. Are you doing the golden parachute thing, or are you sticking around there? I am not. <laughs> um, they want me, and I want them, so I'm, I'm, awesome. uh, I'm eager to stick around and, and now be able to get back a little bit more to the crime fighting that, that helped you know, sort of form this company. You know, when you when you rise through the ranks of a company, you find yourself doing more and more admin, more and more HR, and less and less of what you know started the company. And now they are going to afford me that opportunity to get back to fighting crime. Now, if I'm not mistaken, in the movie RoboCop, the gentleman <laughs> who was chosen to be RoboCop, I think he had some. You, you all have some similar characteristics. I see a movie in your future. <laughs> I I like I, I I'm more like Batman. Ah, <laughs> he's got a cave somewhere. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's a Ben Affleck movie coming in to theaters. There you go. Well, you know, let's talk about the kind of the national scene right now, if you don't mind. And I'm sure you're you're able to 
to talk to this and or speak to this, but there's so much going on right now. I mean, you just look at the news and, you know, nine out of 10 news stories as it relates to police seem to be negative. And, and you know, now you're starting to see some other news stories come out where police are, are making the right decisions. And, you know, police have a very tough job. And, you know, you have this software that's available to the public, and it may give people an, another appreciation of all that police officers have to deal with. But how do, how do you, as a former policeman, look at what's happening on the national scene and what's really the solution for, from a, because it's all about communication. And one of the things that I like about this product is that it really helps to open the window to what a law enforcement officer deals with. But what would you say to the folks out there who don't understand, may have, you know, the wrong assumptions, they may, you know, have past baggage from things that have happened to them. What can we do? You're, what, what would you say to those people and how we can move forward? Ooh, that's a big question. Um, well, yes, I do have obviously a, a I think, a, a sort of a, a biased perspective on this, having been a police officer. But you know, before I was an officer, I'd also um, had a little past myself and gotten into a little bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. So I also understand sort of the other aspect. The Batman of well. angle. <laughs> <laughs> the, the best, the best cops make. Uh, yeah. So um, what I would say is that uh, when I was first hired, I was hired under what was called a, a community policing grant, mm. and that allowed my agency to hire officers that were going to foster community policing. And back in the '90s and the uh, early 2000s, community policing was very uh, sort of at its height. And it's, it's still out there, but I think uh, maybe a resurgence of that might help. And in essence, what it was is uh, officers engaging more with the community uh, in the common fight against crime. Mm-hmm. The, the law enforcement agencies know they could not fight all the crime themselves. They right. need the law, the, the the public, they need the citizens to get involved in order to combat crime. It's just, it's a fact. So the best thing can, that can happen is that law enforcement share with the public the, the data and mm-hmm. information right. on what's going on and where it's going on, how it's going on and when it's going on and all of that. And then uh, the citizens have a responsibility too. They have a responsibility Absolutely. to stay informed, to know what's going on. But then also, I think, you know, unless you walk uh, a mile in somebody's shoes, you don't understand what, what sort of they go through. And that was the hardest job. Being a CEO is easy. Mm. Being a crime analyst couldn't have been easier. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, all the jobs that I've had, being a cop was the hardest job I'd ever had in my life. And to be honest with you, I would not go back to it. Uh, there's just too much scrutiny. There's too much litigation. There's mm. too much... Uh, there's too much against officers right now. It's just it, it's it's a lot of pressure. It's a thankless job. It the is, best thing that the, the citizens can do is go do a ride along. Go oh, contact yeah, your oh, local yeah. law enforcement agency and say, you know can what, I, I want to see what you guys do. Sit in that patrol car with that officer and and go around for ten hours. Will they do uh, that one day. Oh, absolutely, they do. I used to take people all the time my my patrol car, and they'd sit there with the saucer eyes, just watching as you know we would deal with. A traffic accident, a murder, uh, a lost child, mm. a shoplifter, all in one day, and then have to hang it up and go home that night and, and uh, you know, be with the family. But so absolutely they should do that. Cops was my favorite show, so I think I get that ride every day, <laughs> every weekend. Well, yeah. and you know what? A cop goes through, you're seeing the, the 30 seconds of a cop's 10-hour day in the show Cops. Right. And that's the trouble, of, or that's the tricky part about being a cop is that, it's so boring for nine hours of the day, except for that one hour. You oh, best yeah. be on 
when it all goes, you know, it all goes down. So the things that, that uh, the citizens can do is go, go, go engage with them. They're not, uh, you know, it's not the thin blue line where they're on one side and you're on the other. Cross that line and, and get to know them and engage with them and help them. And also, again, do those ride-alongs to see what they have to go through. And I think you'll have a, uh, a stronger appreciation of the very difficult job they do. Well, I think one of the things I like about this, I, I know that I love about this product, is the fact that it, it gives me the information. What I have found, Sean, is that the, maybe the local sheriff's department that I contact, they don't necessarily have the time to talk to me. Or maybe they don't yeah. want to share all the information. I can get that information on RaidsOnline.com. Do you think there's a resistance or just a lack of time that they have to call concerned citizens? It's a lack of time. Again, I used to have to take those calls as an analyst. Those all got routed to me. So all the folks uh, that would call to say, hey, look, I want to send my son or daughter to Arizona State University. Hey, I want to move into this location. Hey, I'm relocating for my job to this area. Can you tell me all about it? If I did nothing all day long but answer those calls, I would do nothing all day but answer those calls. <laughs> right, right, right. So you need to provide them a way that they can kind of answer their own questions. And then if they have deeper probes, go ahead and, and be able to respond to those. Um, so, yeah, you, the public, are going to want me, the crime analyst, spending my 10-hour day looking for bad guys and trying to – you know, solve crime and, and find patterns. You don't want me just answering where they should live or where a citizen might uh, live in, a, in an area. You, you, you're, you, there are other ways to answer that question. You're not over there as their travel agent booking their hotels. <laughs> yeah. and, well, I think I've got a room here. Yeah, I get it. I mean, and in your, your system, which is really, really fascinating, if somebody wanted to go back six months, a year, a year and a half, two years, whatever they want to do, it right. has custom reporting, which is really great. Yeah, you don't even have to. Uh, once you get it all set up, if you're if you're too lazy like me to log in every day or go check it out once a week, you can in fact create a neighborhood watch report that'll just it'll just email you the crime and the the, the hot spot uh, at whatever sort of intervals you want, whether it be daily or or weekly or monthly. Um, and so yeah, you get on in there and you you can manipulate it pretty quickly. You can see it on your iPhone. You can see it on your Android. It's it's a uh, it's a pretty robust system. Now, when, when we look at all of the activity that's happened in a given area, you mentioned a moment or at the beginning of the show, and I want to come back to it, but you mentioned that um, the Knox County Police Department or whatever county or jurisdiction or municipality is going to report the crimes they want to report. Did you mean anything by that? Did you mean that there's other crimes that aren't reported or were you just... Some agencies have uh, either local laws or restrictions that prohibit them from sharing uh, ongoing investigations or uh, maybe internal investigations. So there are certain crimes that are kind of yet to be shared with the public or that the agency just feels that that, that might uh, pose a problem. So some agencies can elect not to choose or elect not to share uh, a particular crime or crimes. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, if you go to the metadata tab, you'll notice that, in fact, we, we list those crimes that the agency is not sharing. So the public's never not informed on uh, what they're seeing. And so see. they can see that, okay, well, this agency's choosing not to share homicides, 
so when I don't see any homicides, that doesn't mean I, there aren't any homicides. It just means I might have to call the agency to get a little more detail on that. Yeah. But that's one of the unique things about the system is that metadata, the data about the data. Yeah. And you need to know that. How, yeah. how recent are these data? And, you know, what, what sort of geocoding hit rate is there? More of the, the propeller head stuff. That's yeah, well, all that's there. good. I think that for anybody that's moving into any area, it's vitally important that you go onto this site and you can find his site on thehousinghour.com. And we have Sean Bear with us, and we're going to come back right after these messages with Sean Bear. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. We have Sean Bear with us today from Bear Analytics. And the big thing that we're talking about are the crime maps that he offers through his site, RaidsOnline.com. And Mark, who is the CEO of his Homeowners Association. <laughs> I, am, I am not the CEO. <laughs> well, he, he is the leader, and he tends to do For that. For the security aspect. Exactly. And he's just a you know go-getter. That's what he does. But anyway, uh, Mark uses this and has been using it for how long, did you say? I've, I've used RaidsOnline.com for probably two years now, maybe, mm-hmm. something like that. I've been watching it. There so, was another crime map that wasn't good, mm-hmm. and then the, the Knox County Sheriff's dropped that and picked this one up. Oh, well, that's wonderful. So um, it really gives Mark the ability, and you're a perfect example, Mark, because you have 350 homes that you something like that. that are in the Homeowners Association, and you help them to understand what's happening in the neighborhood. Because if something happens at the front of the neighborhood and nobody sees the police there or anything like that, right. you, you may never know that that happened. And it's just no one does. an awareness thing. So uh, I wanted to ask this question, Sean, because I think it goes to the heart and people tend to, you know, kind of go towards people who have a passion for something. But, you know, why did you start this? Why did you offer this out to the public? I mean, you could have kept it private and maybe even had people, you know, pay a small amount for purchasing it. You could have went out there and sold it to police departments in a different way than you did. But right. you, you went out there and said, you know what, this is free. This is open source. Why did you do that? No, you hit it on the head. It all comes back to passion. Like I said, I'm Batman. What I I wanted to do way back in the day in 1992 when I first became a crime analyst, um, Mm -hmm. there wasn't the tools available to me to do my job the way I thought it needed to be done. So having a computer uh, programming background, I wrote the first application way back in the day. And that's what really first started the company. And so analysts and investigators all over the world use this tool that I created way back when. And then fast forward to sort of modern day, um, when the web's now becoming as powerful as it is, uh, one of the things that I found, you mentioned your, uh, your county's previous crime map. All these law enforcement agencies have to pay for these crime mapping services, and I thought that was a disservice. Mm, the whole intent wow. of a crime mapping program is to allow the department to communicate with the public and vice versa back. So I thought, well, you know, how can we make this work? And so, you know, being the CEO, I can make these sorts of decisions. Say, you know what, we're just going to do it for free. We're going to give it to law enforcement at no cost. That way there should be no barrier to entry. There shouldn't be any opposition to getting on our map. And then for the public, of course, we want it to be free. You don't want to have to pay for this information. 
so it, it was really just more of a give back and a way uh, for me to achieve my goal uh, and the company's goal of the first uh, national map of incident-based crime so that if you were to continue to zoom out from Knox County to Tennessee to the, the you know, Midwest to the, to the East Coast to the West Coast, you would continue to see all the jurisdictions filled in and there would never be uh, an area that you couldn't go learn about. Because you're not just concerned about your area, you're concerned about, too, where you work, maybe where you vacation, where your kids oh. go to school, where mm-hmm. your mom and dad live. I didn't think about that. So you, you want all of that available to you. You don't want just just necessarily your own jurisdiction. That's so very important. So by offering important. a no cost, it also allows those agencies to free up their money to go hire another cop or to do something more important. And there's another aspect uh, to the the program, um, something that I call I, I I just use my own phrase generational crime. Every every youth group coming through, you know, middle school or high school, there's some boys that get into trouble and then they go to college and they do great in life, right? Mm-hmm. But then with raids online, I've been able to identify a like, few like Sean, <laughs> right, 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 yeah, exactly, right. exactly. <laughs> uh, but there's been a few that I've been able to identify because of this program. I've been able to track and discover that some never get out of that, and they still have a life that is in the crime side, and they're in the 30s or 35, even older. Mm-hmm. So and that's the Joker. Yeah, that's the Joker. <laughs> yeah, the question right. I have for you, Sean, is what type of crimes lead to worse crimes? I've always heard that, for example, Peeping Toms. I don't know why I heard this. Maybe it was Telly Savalas on his show. Well, told ultimately, us. they're going to rape somebody. Yes, know? they yeah. grow up to be. Are there certain crimes that that statistically yeah precursors good there are it's actually very fascinating that you know that there uh, we call it mission creep in the crime analysis world and in essence what it is are those crimes that lead to more serious crimes and i won't get on a whole big you know sort of drug rant here but i will say i'll I'll, uh, because you brought it up i will say that yes in sort of the, the the sexual assault realm or those sexually related crimes you'll find these sort of precursor crimes. So for example, um, and and these are series that I've dealt with in Arizona. I know because of my uh, teachings in Canada that Canada has dealt with this quite extensively. But you might have somebody who goes into laundry facilities. So all the the females on on your uh, radio show, please listen up. So Mm. if you do your laundry at a laundry facility or or your your apartment complexes or condo facilities, uh, you know, uh, sort of local, uh, you know, washer and dryer center there, uh, and you have your underwear stolen. You might not even know that, but you know that that's a crime. Obviously, you can't right. have people stealing your underwear, and that's a crime that happens all over the world. And you're like, well, that's weird. You know, is yeah. it females that are stealing other females' underwear? No, it's perverted mm-hmm. old men and young men who are stealing women's underwear from laundry facilities. Well, those crimes can actually escalate into other things. So that might not be enough then for that suspect. So what he now needs to do is maybe do peeping Tom to get a little bit more engaged with the victim. And so maybe that not, might not be enough. So now they're doing indecent exposure where they're exposing themselves to, to females. Oh. And that, again, is not enough. So what do they do? They do now what's called public sexual indecency where they masturbate or do other sorts of things. Mm. That's not enough. So they may now even resort because they want more contact with the victim to doing just burglary. So, you know, before the sexual assault happens, they may in fact go into the victim's houses and burglar take more personal items, but also take cash and drugs and medicine and guns and anything else they find in there so that if an officer is not astute to knowing this sort of uh, trend, 
they might overlook the fact that you know females uh, underwear were also taken during a burglary mm. and so then unfortunately they may encounter somebody during the burglary and thus that leads to a potential sexual assault so yeah there is this entire precursor to certain types of crimes everybody's probably heard that a lot of the the murderers or serial uh, serial murderers were also um uh you know having um the the background of cruelty to animals and other sorts of right. activities mm. and, and that Precursor. actually is is a is, is a fact well and also i mean it sounds to me like if you look at drug abuse and alcohol abuse you build up this tolerance and one of the things that you hear is that you you know you, you can't get the same high off of the same drugs well you've got to switch right. to something stronger so that might be the peeping tom and then you move yep. that up to burglary and then ultimately that sexual assault is kind of the what they think is the pinnacle and and then that doesn't even work and then you get out and so maybe maybe murder could be one of the ultimate consequences and so these are right. like you mentioned though these are earmarks of something bigger and and like you mentioned also um police officers that are not astute to this at least you should be, if you are someone out there listening, a female who has had that happen at the laundromat, then you will have that information and, and monitor this website. See if this is happening around. You know, these are this is great information for the public. It's great information, and also it's information that's important to have a conversation with your older teenagers. I think at a certain age, you have to be the judge of that as a parent. You need to sit down and say, hey, look, these are the type of things that we see going on in the neighborhood. It's just a good conversation, Sean, to have with our kids. And as far as the neighborhood saying, hey, look, there's uh, other people that are out here who are concerned about these type of vandalism and these types of peeping Tom crimes. We're watching out for you guys because of this website, RaidsOnline.com. We can do this a little bit more effectively. Absolutely. And you know what? My 16-year-old son, who's just out there learning to drive and now driving by himself, one of the things we did, thankfully because Douglas County, where I'm located in, in Colorado, also is, a, is on Raise Online. I was able to get out there and show him where a lot of the DUIs are happening, the traffic Ooh. accidents are happening, to show him that this is, this is something he needs to be aware of as a new driver. Great point. That's a real good point. And then also, we only have a little over a minute left, so unfortunately we're coming to a close. This has been fantastic. But you mentioned it in, in passing, but if you're going on a vacation this summer That's a good and, point. and yeah. you're going to you know somewhere in Florida that, that you want to find out, is this home that I'm renting or this – hotel that I'm renting, you know, is there prima facie evidence that I should not stay there? I wanted to use that word this whole show. Prima facie. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> well, it also reports commercial crimes, too. Okay. This, so it's not just residential. So right. it's commercial, too. I'm so happy I got to use that word, but this is really serious, <laughs> actually. Um, I'm, I joke around, but in all seriousness, this is such a vitally important subject matter. And especially, I don't know if crime has seasons. I'm sure it does. Um, what's oh, the yeah. worst season for crime? Well, it depends on where you live, and mm -hmm. it depends on the type of, you know, season that it is, whether it's snowy or, or mm -hmm. hot and sunny. You know, in Arizona, when it would get really hot, you know, people like to beat up on each other. So that was yeah. a big thing. Well, and I think but, that that's uh, important to know. And, you know, reach out, like you said earlier, reach out to your law enforcement agent agency and see if you might be able to do a ride-along. Mark, you can carry the handcuffs. Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, guys, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Sean, so much for coming in. And we have one more segment, but we're going to say goodbye to Sean right now. Thank you so much for coming into the Housing Hour today. Thank you for having me. Take Absolutely. Care, guys, stick around. Mark and I are going to wrap it up right after these messages. 
The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back in to the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. Um, we want to thank Sean again for coming in. That was uh, good information. Um, and if you are listening to us, maybe on our podcast, uh, we have, of course, worldwide. He's not in every country. He's not in every state even. He's in 46 states, um, and he's in Canada. So I guarantee you that is one of the initiatives that he is going to have with this new merger is to get this product out farther. I wish he would yeah. have it where we're going to be going on vacation, which is a little farther south of Florida. But um, this is fantastic. I think this is good information. Well, it is good information. And, you know, we have Protector Family Series on the HousingHour.com to check it out because security and security for your family is about layers. Oh. It's not one thing will make your family safe. It's multiple layers of security that will make your mm -hmm. family safe. Information, the intelligence side of security is number one. And then you bring it home to security lights, maybe a, a, an alarm system, Camera. interior or perimeter alarm system infrared, or a camera, camera infrared camera and you can get these things inexpensively mm -hmm. they're not that expensive anymore because technology has come down so there's layers that you need to do to protect your family and, and i you promise also you mine just, is you just armed your camera with a blow dart with poison in it right well that's the next step <laughs> that's the next step. now that's actually me up on the front stoop <laughs> yeah well you know because everybody thinks well what do i need to do to protect my family and right. some people have a very lackadaisical attitude towards it and they think well you know, I just have faith that everything's going to be okay, you know? Mm -mm. And so, yeah, God's going to help you move mountains, but he's going to give you a shovel and say, you need to start digging because that's how it works. You know, that's really what we're here for is to be a conduit of information and for you to act on it and for you to take this information, you know, in a neighborhood near you, there might've been four or five incidents that you need to be at a heightened level of awareness. And without this information, you're not going to be at that height, heightened uh, level of awareness and something could happen. You yeah. know, it, it happens every day. And, and what this type of information raidsonline.com does, it makes you, instead of being reactionary, it mm. gives you intelligence so you can be proactive. Right. And the most important thing, Thing about defense is being proactive mm. not reactive that's exactly right so you got to get out there you got to know the information in order to protect your family that's right and that's why if you look at the los angeles right not the los angeles Rams, but the arizona cardinals when <laughs> when when they had their it run, always comes back to well sports. i'm just saying when warren uh i can't remember the guy's <laughs> name uh warren i think was his name but he he was an incredibly offensive minded but their defense played really well because they were always throwing the ball over the top and keeping the offense um going Moving. and for us as homeowners as ceos of our homeowners association you know we just have to be there for everybody else and offer solutions because not everybody is going to take that first step most people you know rest on their laurels they sit back and they say somebody else is going to do it that's that's and, right and that's not going to be and okay they do that until unfortunately they're a victim of some type of form of crime mm. and once that happens they get a little bit more attentive to uh, the security around them and the unfortunate thing is is that um your criminals are dressed in suits and ties they they don't always fall. the ones the ones i've seen have been shirtless running right. up my driveway trying to break into my car <laughs> i understand but but you also have to be aware that there are numerous criminals in all walks of life it does not discriminate 
And the more we can be aware of the activity in our neighborhoods, the more that we can identify yeah, and, and most things. of and, and when you describe that look about them, they all look like students. Uh, mm. they, to me now, they're all young looking, mm. and they're they're, they're probably thirty backpacks. To you, they're probably they thirty, like but they, they look young. <laughs> they kind of look like students walking to school. I right. mean, so I saw video of guys that had backpacks. They look like they're going to high school. Oh man, I tell you, we have to be better parents. I, I'll speak for myself. We have to really come alongside these kids and raise them right, bring them up and. Sp- I don't say that. No, but <laughs> yeah. point out yeah. to them where yeah. they're making mistakes. Exactly. <laughs> well, guys, it's been another great show here on the Housing Hour. We want to thank Dave. We want to thank Mark. We want to thank Sean for all being a part of this show. Guys, we're going to ask you to you go to MIGonline.com and look at our sponsor, Mortgage Investors Group. We want to thank them as well. We'll see you guys next week right here on the Housing Hour. That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know. So come here to find out. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.